Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. I'm bringing you another amazing guest today, Gen, co-founder of Prehook, a leading quiz platform for Shopify merchants. Prehook helps hundreds of high-growth Shopify merchants sell more, accelerate list growth, and capture zero-party data. Gen also hosts the e-commerce marketing podcast, Cart Overflow, where he shares what the best brand operators, agencies, and tech platforms are doing to grow their e-commerce revenue. Hint, hint, I was on that podcast too. Gen has been in e-commerce for over a decade with the last seven years in e-commerce SaaS, software as a service. Prior to Prehook, Gen was part of the founding team and led marketing at Jungle Scout, the leading software for Amazon sellers. Today, we're talking all about zero-party data and why it's important, how you can use quizzes as a lead generation tool in your e-commerce business, and how you can use the data you collect from those quizzes for a better customer experience. Let's hop into the episode. Welcome to the show again. Jessica, how are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to have you here. For those of you guys listening, I was actually met again. I don't even remember how we got connected, but I was on his podcast and we were chatting and I was like, oh my God, I need to have you on the e-commerce badassery podcast so we can talk about this stuff. So I'm super excited to reconnect. And as you guys heard in the intro, Ken is the founder of Prehook, which is a quiz platform that I've already been recommending to you. You've probably heard me talk about it, but I'm really excited to have him here to kind of school us on why this is important outside of just using his tool, like the type of data that you are collecting, why it's important. And then of course, we'll get into some strategies for actually taking advantage of the tool. But before we do all that, can you give my audience a little background on why we should listen to anything you have to say today? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I did enjoy our conversation for sure on the podcast. One of the things was that it was very tactical. I mean, we got in the weeds and I hope to do that again today, but also start with a high level strategy. So yeah, why listen to me? So I started in e-commerce about 10 years ago, 2011, working at a company called Bucket Feed, sold shoes online. This was kind of before Shopify was really a thing and have had experience on the brand side within a private equity shop. And then as an e-commerce SaaS tool. So as a part of the founding team of Jungle Scout, which is an Amazon product research tool and took the marketing from the CEO and founder, Greg Mercer. So that was a really fantastic experience to see how merchants are identifying products to sell on Amazon and then the optimization. The one challenge was Amazon's very search focused. So you're creating a listing for your specific widget, but 
we realize, all right, what happens if you're not on Amazon and you have like a normal customer who steps into your store? How do you know what to sell them? So I co-founded Prehook about two years ago with some of the early devs from Jungle Scout. And we focus on building a quiz builder for Shopify merchants, realizing that if we were just able to ask a few questions, for example, like, what are you looking for? Or what are your challenges? Or what are your interests? Capture an email or a phone number, then recommend a product. It could simplify the buying process. It could accelerate list growth. And what we didn't know at the time when we founded it is it captures customer data. We didn't know that, but the value of that has changed dramatically since we launched. We have the likes of iOS 14, iOS 15, third-party cookies are being deprecated. Ad platforms are still viable, but the targeting is far less precise. So therefore it's more expensive. So that as a channel for acquisition, not as scalable as it was maybe even just a few years ago, five years ago, when you could run ads and grow a highly scalable brand. But now we're seeing merchants that have this urgency to build a direct channel and a direct communication with their customers, but also know more about them. So yeah, what are they looking for? That helps with the segmentation, which is right in your wheelhouse with Clavio, and what flows to send them and what would be most timely, relevant, and interesting. And what we're seeing is the brands that do that and capture the data with a quiz have seen three, four, five X, the increase in conversion rate, as opposed to just kind of like shooting in the dark in terms of how to convert them. And also the ROI that we're seeing is enormous. And to quantify it, it is silly because they're seeing tens of thousands of dollars from sales from the quiz for products anywhere from skincare to fashion and accessories to fragrance and really any of the niches that Shopify merchants are selling. First of all, I had no idea about your time at Jungle Scout. So super cool. Now it all makes a little bit more sense of how you ended up here. Um, But it's funny how you started this two years ago and quizzes have been around, but I think in the last couple of years, they've really become much more of a topic of conversation. And it's typically from the perspective of how great it is for your customer. Like you originally, your guy's original thought was like, how do we make it easier for the customer to find the product that they're looking for? Because like, who goes to Amazon and browses? Like, I don't think anybody does that. You go there because you need a specific thing. You put it in the search bar. Awesome. But that's not typical behavior on a regular e-commerce site. And not that that is no longer valuable, but what I really want to talk about today And why this conversation is so important is because of the loss of data. So when iOS 15, and that was what was taking away open rates from email and removing IP addresses. One of the things I told you guys all to do when we heard was to start collecting your own data, like as soon as possible, because you're not going to be able to find their location based on an IP address. So ask them where they are, start testing your subject line so that you understand what gets people to open because those are no longer going to be reliable. And then the same thing is true with iOS 14. Like you need to own this data about your people. So the question becomes, how do you get it? And one of those ways is with a quiz. So why don't we kind of start off talking about 
the zero party data, as you refer to it. And guys, that's the data that you're collecting about your customers. Like, why is that so important? Why do we need to be paying attention to that right now? We'll just reiterate it for the audience. And can you give us some examples of what that is? Yeah, totally. Great question. So yeah, zero party data has almost become a buzzword of sorts in 2021 and 2022. Like, what is it? First party data is good enough. Well, first party data is data that you're collecting from customers, but somewhat passively. So that is stuff like transaction history. So what they've purchased, how much they've purchased, maybe how frequently they've purchased, and then things related to that. So it might be web pages they've visited, some of the actions on it where you might have an abandoned card or abandoned checkout. Second party and third party is basically that, but anonymized and packaged up. So you don't know the source of truth. You don't know how old it is. And therefore it can be very murky, very inaccurate. Zero party data is basically as close to the source as you can get. So that is data that your customers are willingly and proactively sharing. So the difference is that you're understanding the intent, the why they are looking to purchase as opposed to maybe what they purchased or what they did. And so you're able to get some of the psychographic information that you can't necessarily get. For example, if somebody's buying a moisturizer, well, you can assume certain things about it. Like maybe they have normal skin or maybe if they bought every three months, then they're using it this much but you don't know, maybe they're buying it for their spouse or their children or giving it as gifts. Zero party data really adds more color to that so that you can improve the onset experience. And that onset experience is in the form of the product recommendation, but then also your omni-channel experience as it relates to your email, your SMS, your Facebook messenger, your paid ad. So it becomes some of the details that you are using to power your personalization. Amazing. How important is it to just get it direct from our customer? Like so many of us feel like we're flying blind. We don't really know what they want. We don't know how to best reach them, how to talk to them. Guess what? If you start collecting this zero party data, there is all of your answers. So let's say, okay, we're on it. We're collecting zero party data. How do we like decide what we're even asking them and what data we want, and then what do we do with it once we get it? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the best way is to maybe start working backwards. So that is to say, what would you use the data for? Presumably, it would be to improve your segmentation. I don't know if you have any particular brands that you'd want to discuss, but like you are a skincare brand. Skincare brands see a lot of value in a quiz or a shampoo brand. So how are you going to send different campaigns or flows? And it might be based on their skin type or their hair type. So that might be one thing. So let's ask that. Maybe what challenges are they facing and what are their goals? Because ultimately as marketers, our goal is to understand who our customer is, where they are and where they want to go. And then our product will bridge the gap to help them become that aspirational self. So if we understand what those two endpoints are, where they're starting and where they want to go, it becomes far easier to paint that picture and position the product like, hey, this will help you become what you want to become, whatever that is. So I think that helps like their current challenges and then their goals. And then definitely you would want to ask for their contact information. Sometimes that's optional. Sometimes it's required. That's totally something that's up to the 
discretion of the merchant and open to test. But I think that's a critical piece to tie it all together so that you can reach out to them. So at a high level, those are probably some of the things. And then you definitely want to get more granular based on what product or brand. But I will offer one caveat, which is less is more. And I think what you want to ask, great. But then can you remove things that you may or may not need? Or can you just ask it less or can you combine it? But with every question that you're asking, there is going to be drop-off and that drop-off will impact you in terms of perhaps fewer opt-ins, so fewer leads, maybe fewer sales. And that translates to dollars, especially if you are running paid ads to these quizzes. Yeah. Great, great point. I definitely want to circle back to see if you can give us some magic number. But before we get there, a great example, and I think I use this on the episode where I talked about my favorite Shopify apps, which is where I first kind of mentioned pre-hook to my audience. But I used Glossier as the example, because when you go to their website and you take their quiz, they're not only asking you what maybe your skin problems are, but they're asking you what level of care are you willing to commit to, right? So you hear a lot of people out there have like this 12-step skincare system. Well, guess what? This girl right here, she's not doing 12 steps. Like that's not going to happen. So when it asked me, I think I said three. And so they showed me three products. And I thought that was really brilliant because that can be so intimidating to the customer to be like, oh my God, if I use your products, I have to like use all 12 of these. I'm so not going to do that. So they did the work of just, hey, if this is what you're committed to, just focus on these three things and you're going to get all the results that you need. So it's super powerful in one, just showing your customer that you get them, right? Because we all just want to feel seen and heard. And when a brand can get their customer and that customer can say like, oh, okay. Yeah. They understand me. I'm so much more willing to buy from you in that way. But two with this personalization now, and I have some ideas on how you guys can use this, but now when you are speaking to that person, don't email them about a 12 step skincare system that they're never going to use. It's not going to resonate with them. You know, I always talk to you. I don't want you to get super granular with email segmentation because you can over segment, but it's just a way as well to get an idea of who your customer is. And sometimes it's looking at your aggregate results. Maybe 90% of your people tell you they're only going to commit to a three-step system. Well, stop talking about your 12-step system altogether. (laughs) You don't need it. Focus on the ease of the three-step. In terms of the personalization, and this is one of the things that I instantly fell in love with pre-hook four because it's the only one I know of that does this is that it syncs the data to Clavio in real time. Most of them have like a 15 minute delay. Well, that's not super helpful when you're sending a welcome email, but because you get that data right away, you can actually use dynamic content to show them different content based on their answers from the quiz. So that's kind of a level two intermediate to advanced level type of email marketing. So I don't want you to get FOMO. You don't have to do that if you're just getting started. But if you have a handle on things, that's a really great way to utilize this data and giving that customer a super personalized experience. Okay. So now, again, can you tell us, 
Is there a magic number for questions on a quiz? <laughs> if there is one, I don't know it, but I think from taking hundreds at this point, maybe five to seven. Typeform probably has like the most data on quizzes or surveys. And I have seen, it's as you'd imagine, kind of like a parabolic down in terms of completion. So every question you're going to see drop off. The reason why I say there might not be a magic number is because there are some brands like say, for example, Hymns or Romans, where the quiz is almost like a patient intake form. And there is a lot of data that you need because they're going to be recommending or qualifying you for a hair loss or something that you're going to be putting in or on your body that you want to be pretty sure about. Right. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, what is the best candle for me. But yeah, I think making it as few questions as possible will maintain the engagement, but there are a few ways to do that, to maintain the engagement and where you can maybe add more questions. And the first is if we're going to get into like some of the features and not even pre-hook, but any of the quiz platforms that you'd want to create a personalized experience, look for a conditional logic. So that's basically if then logic. So if Jessica is a light skincare routine person or doesn't want to get too involved, then don't ask her questions about the other nine products of the 12-step products. So you can take people down these personalized paths, which I highly recommend doing. It takes a little bit of work up front, but the end goal is that the customer would have a more personalized experience, which again, we're like trying to have the best leverage or return on the work. And I think that's where brands in 2022 and beyond will be looking to differentiate that customers want a personalized experience, are willing to share the data to get that personalization, and will reward brands handsomely and accordingly if they're able to deliver on that promise. And that comes in terms of average order value, frequency of purchases, and then ultimately lifetime value. So I think that that's coming from like Accenture studies and segment, both did studies on personalization and e-commerce. So there are significant dollars attached to this, but like you said, it doesn't need to be like super granular, but enough where you're able to ramp up the relevance in a way that it is personalized. And then you can leverage the technology of email service platforms like say Klaviyo or Omnisend, Attentive or Postscript to dynamically insert the product. So then it is a spot on experience, both on the website and then in their subsequent communications. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, it's just so good. Like the technology is there. And I always encourage my listeners to put yourself in the shoes of the customer, like what a better experience it would be if this brand that I was shopping with really like took the information even cared enough to ask, like the fact that you're asking that you give a shit is putting you light years ahead of your competition and all the big guys that you feel like you're competing with, but you're really not because being small is an asset, like putting it out there that you actually care is already a good step. They're having fun doing the quiz because people love to do them. You're getting data so it's helping you market to them better so they feel less marketed to and more served. Like it's just win-wins all over the place, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's like the promise of a quiz upfront is that you, yeah, you'll share some personal information, but there will be commensurate value to you 
the customer in the end. So it's an exchange of value as opposed to what might be a de facto opt-in might be like, hey, 10, 15, 20% off, share your email address, which has some negative impacts in terms of profit dilution. So that 20% basically comes from the bottom line and brand equity dilution, undervaluing the brand itself. If on the first visit, you know, 10 seconds in, you're getting an offer for 20% off, what does that say about the brand or the prices the brand offers? But this is more holistic and organic in terms of like, let's establish a relationship of sorts. We'll learn about what you're looking for, and then we can improve your shopping experience on site. So it does that in a scalable way. It would be great if you could have a personal sales associate have a conversation with everybody that just doesn't necessarily scale like it does in a brick and mortar experience. But you're gathering this data that is essentially invaluable at this point and creates a competitive differentiator that can be used across channels. And you're kind of building on it as well. Yeah, I love your comparison to the brick and mortar. That's my background. That's where I come from. I just kind of moved into e-commerce years ago because I didn't want to get left behind. Like I knew it was going to be important. I was like, I got to get in on this. But that's where my background is. So I always think about how can you recreate the in-person experience on the internet? And if you think about if you did have a brick and mortar and somebody walked into your store and you sold skincare, what would you ask them? What are you struggling with? How many steps? How much time do you have? You would gather that information and then make the best recommendation for them. So this is an amazing way to recreate that experience. Everyone gets excited about the quiz thing and that's cool and that's fun, but I think it helps to just reframe why you're actually doing it. And it's really about creating an amazing experience for your customer. And that's what's going to set you apart. Do you have kind of any examples you can walk us through with some really successful quizzes or things that you've seen or the way people are utilizing the data that you want to share? Yeah, totally. So we do have, like I was saying, brands across the spectrum of say food and beverage or hair or beauty fashion. One brand that's doing really well with a quiz, with a pre-quiz is called T-Elixir, T-E-E-L-I-X-I-R.com. So they are kind of like a mushroom adaptogen brand. So mushroom for health kind of like comes through as a powdered tea. Their challenge was customers don't know because they're all for different medical purposes, which one is a right product for their needs, whether it's to strengthen immunity or for anxiety or sleep or achy joints and aches and pains. Depending on that, there are different ones. Then there are different ones based on flavor profiles or ultimately their needs. So in some sense, it's a bit of matching their food preferences with the medicinal part of it. I think some of the interesting takeaways are how they're using it, because ultimately this is a top of funnel play. So they're using it on a dedicated landing page for their paid ads for their existing email list, because sure, you might have somebody's email, but you don't necessarily know much about them. So you can always send your existing list to a quiz. They might have to opt in again, but it will overwrite with the custom properties from the quiz. So all of a sudden, what was just maybe like an email now has more color based on what the person's looking for. So they have the dedicated landing page. They have it on their header nav, on their hero image as an exit intent pop-up from using Klaviyo. And what does this 
come out to in terms of quantified numbers? I think it's three x increase in leads, and then five x in terms of revenue per visit for somebody who went through the quiz versus somebody who didn't. And if I think about why that is, I think one of the main benefits is simplifying the buying process. Now, if you're taking your CRO, your conversion rate optimization hat, putting it on, what's the biggest challenge that you're solving for? And it's basically addressing your buyer's objections and any potential anxiety that they would have around this purchase entering their credit card and then checking out. And the quiz certainly simplifies that because nobody necessarily knows the difference in taste or benefits of lion's mane versus Reiki mushrooms, but they do know what they're looking for and they do know what they like and what they don't like. So if you're able to simplify it so it's accessible for me to answer and then say, hey, based on your responses, this is what you need, it removes any of those doubts and objections in the process. And so it's not only in the on-site experience, but then, like I was saying earlier, the subsequent email and SMS flows. And I think they're doing a great job with personalizing it via Clavio flows and automations, but they're doing really well. And I think they have a lot of lessons to offer in terms of how they're trying to get people into the funnel. Yeah, that's so cool. And actually listening just to the way that they have it set up and I always talk to you when you're thinking about what type of content you're going to create, whatever form that is in, the goal is to speak to the outcome that the customer is looking for from using your product. So in this case, it's not about the mushroom. It's about what the mushroom does. And is that the problem that they have? So when you have someone tell you that, now you can create blog posts specifically about helping them overcome that. I mean, yes, the product is part of it, but there's probably other things that they can do to get better sleep or to lessen their pain, whatever it is that that person is struggling with. So now not only are you selling them a product that solves their problem, but you are educating and helping them and becoming a resource as well, but you know what it is that they want to read about because they told you. So like, it makes your job way freaking easier (laughs) to just have them tell you like so much easier. That's why I always tell you guys, just come talk to me on Instagram or talk to me in the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Because when you tell me that you're struggling with something, I just turn around and create content around it. So thank you for sharing. (laughs) Totally. And that relates to how they were using the quiz data as well. You know, just like a survey, you're getting tons of structured data. And by structured, I mean like easy to organize and analyze. So if, for example, like what's your problem? Is it anxiety, sleep, achy joints? They were able to basically do product research and get a better gauge of what their customer base is looking for, what problems they're experiencing and build products around that. So it's almost like what you might've had to pay market research groups thousands of dollars for before, or what you might spend time maybe scouring Amazon reviews of competitors or similar products. You're getting that same data in mass at scale in a structured way from your existing base. And so that's kind of one of the ancillary benefits of the quiz and the quiz data is what comes next. And I think maybe one of the best examples is Heidi Zach, who's a founder of Third Love. Third Love kind of initiated the fit quiz for bras, and that was their main value prop is Shopping for bras in person is a painful and uncomfortable process. Let's make it easier by doing a quiz. And they did, and it worked. And they had tens of millions of people taking the quiz and tens of millions of data points. 
But the one thing I think that's really interesting is where they realized that there was a gap in the market. And that gap was in half sizes. And they identified that from the quiz, having enough points to validate that. And then they launched half size bras. And that's become kind of like one of their differentiators and ways that they're defining the brand is just bras that fit more comfortably. Half sizes being one of the main ways that that's shown. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's one of those things that like, yeah, I knew that, but I didn't think to articulate that. So thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) There's really no downside to having something like this on your site. Is there anyone who a quiz like doesn't work for? I think maybe single SKU stores. I mean, you could still find ways for it to work and it might be how you initiate the customer to the brand or the product. But yeah, if it's a single SKU store, maybe a little bit less of a need for a quiz. But otherwise, I think if you can have somebody in person learn about the customer and then sell it, then a quiz is as viable a stand-in as you might want. And that's not to say, you know, like you can certainly have a salesperson for a single model car brand, for example, but yeah, that's where I think maybe a quiz might be overkill. Yeah. And I guess it depends on what that skew is. I think if it's something consumable, like a supplement, there's probably some ways that you can utilize it and just trying to figure out more about why they chose to use your product in the first place and what other content they might want to receive from you. But I don't know if that needs to be in a quiz form. You could probably just ask them on a managed preferences form too. But yeah, it's kind of good to just get a sense of who it is and isn't for. And I'm sure you have data to back this up, but anything that requires more decision-making or if there's a wide assortment of product, like those are probably the groups that are going to see the highest lift in revenue specifically. Whereas for some other people, it may just be more of a nice to have creating a great experience thing, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not valuable. I don't know. Kind of think about it. If you're not sure if you should have a quiz, reach out to me on Instagram. Let's chat about it. (laughs) Totally. Amazing. Okay. So is there anything else related to quizzes and just this whole zero party data and experience that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure we mention today? There is so much, but I want to think of like things that are tactical. And I think it is when you're considering the gamut of things that you could do as an e-commerce marketer, when you consider the benefits of a quiz where it's the customer data, it's gathering the list, it's learning more about what your customers are looking for, and it's potentially increasing the conversion rate of those on site who go through the quiz and purchase. It's a relatively low stakes test and you can test it relatively quickly as well, set up a quiz and either send your existing list to it or you can send some paid traffic to that specific landing page. But with the success that we're seeing brands have with a quiz in multifacets, it's a big opportunity, I think. And especially when you consider the macro trends of personalization becoming almost a de facto must-have from a customer's perspective. Well, how are you going to personalize in a vacuum? Personalization is basically built on the customer data that you have. And if it's garbage in, it's garbage out. So that's why you don't necessarily want to rely on third-party cookies or interests and behaviors in Facebook targeting. That's going to be less accurate than 
data that you're gathering directly from the customers that you're targeting. So and that's all to say that it definitely merits like a test and something that you can help kind of like guide through the strategy. I can help guide through strategy or implementation. You can use other platforms or others to use, but I think that data play, that conversion optimization, and then building a list are key pillars that any e-commerce marketer needs. And so this is one channel to accomplish that. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's like the best one right now because it is so valuable to you and the customer and it's fun for them. And here's the thing, like customers love to talk about themselves and tell you what they think. So if you give them a really easy way to do that, they're going to be all into it. So there's that. Like, have you guys ever conducted a survey in your business? You don't have to give them a discount in exchange for them to fill out a survey because they want to tell you. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about pre-hook specifically, because like I mentioned earlier, I'm always looking at the apps, right? I'm always seeing what's going on in Shopify and I've tested a bunch of other ones and yours is truly my favorite. And I'm not just saying that because you're here. So I, <laughs> I would love to just kind of share with the audience a little bit of what they can expect customer service wise. You guys are amazing. So we can speak to that a little bit too. And what they could just expect if they went to go download Prehook right now. Yeah, sure. So when we were building it, our main priority was a simple user interface. And so we wanted to make it a, you could guide yourself through it. It'll be very intuitive and you don't need any technical expertise or dev skills to get it up and running. So we've also built a lot of templates specific to the types of niches that would benefit from a quiz, whether it's like a mattress company or clothing or fragrance or candles. So it's basically, you're just choosing your template. You can choose your design so that everything is on brand in terms of the look and feel of the quiz. And then you're actually getting to the quiz builder and that's like the meat of it. So what I think is most helpful before you sit down at your computer to write things out is like we were talking about before, what are the data points that you would need to effectively segment? So what are the data points that you're currently using? And then what would be helpful if you had them? And then I think you want to build your questions around that so that you're able to gather those. Generally, from there, you can then get a little bit more sophisticated in terms of like what the different paths are. And so that's with your conditional logic. You know, like if then, if Jessica's asking for this, then ask these questions. And so ultimately, if you sketch it out, it's a little bit of a flowchart diagram where you're asking the questions. And then in Priok, you can link each response with the relevant product. So if Jessica likes a three-part skincare routine, here are the products that we would recommend for those three parts. And so over time, based on Jessica's quiz responses, it would tally up the points for the products that are most appropriate based on her responses. I think that it's maybe the best practice to ask for a lead that's an email and or phone number towards the end of the quiz. Reason being that they've made some micro commitments, they've offered their information right before they get to the recommendation. That's when you can ask for a quiz. It can be fully optional and pre It's optional. You can show skip. They can skip it easily with one click and then they get the recommendation. And like you were saying earlier, all the data that they're getting in a quiz, all the data that you're gathering and the responses that a customer gives automatically is created in Clavio as a custom property and an event metric, which basically makes it super simple to dynamically insert text or images or links so that you can build one 
flow, say like after the quiz, you build a flow. Regardless of what products were recommended, those products will appear and fully linked. And this part would merit maybe a screen share to walk through it, but um, I do have some videos and I can share them with you as well. But that's where you can unlock the power of like personalization at scale, which I think is kind of like the holy grail of e-commerce marketers. If you nail that, then you leaps and bounds ahead of what other brands are doing. Yeah. And you know what? You're leaps and bounds in front of the big guys too, because they're not doing it because they're lazy and they have volume and it doesn't matter, but that's really going to make you stand out. And I have used the product. It is super simple to use and you just can't beat the integration with Klaviyo. Are there other email platforms that you integrate with? Not that I really want to talk about them because Klaviyo is my favorite, but. <laughs> yes. Omnisend. So Omnisend is a great product, email, SMS, paid ads, and then Attentive and Postscript, which are very powerful SMS platforms. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. Omnisend guys, I'm technically a partner with them as well. They're like the best secondary option to Klaviyo if for whatever reason you are anti-Klaviyo because they also have dynamic content and all of that good stuff as well. So they're a good backup and just have my first love. What can I For say? For sure. That is true. <laughs> I think where Omnisend tries to differentiate is where there's support. So personalized support might be a little more readily accessible than what you might get from an internal Klaviyo team. Got it. Okay. Good to know. Okay. So we've already talked really about some big successes, right? And we talked about that T brand, which I'll put the links to that in the show notes. So you guys can Go check it out. Go take their quiz, sign up for their email list, check out how they're using everything. It's called market research. But one of the things I always like to share is big failures (laughs) because I like to keep it real. So do you have a failure, maybe a strategy that you guys tested with a quiz or something along those lines that you can share with us? Yeah. Where some brands I think might make a mistake is what the exchange of value is. And I think it's really important from the outset that there is an enticing hook. That's where you can kind of scroll through Facebook ads and like, what is thumb stopping? And it's, I think one that works really well is a curiosity gap. And that's what a quiz naturally plays into. It was like, Jessica, do you want to learn more about XYZ, what skin type you are, what personality you are, or what mattress would be best. And all these things are like playing to our intrigue to learn more about ourselves. But I think the brands that don't necessarily have a compelling hook might not get as many people in the door because there's just not that like really urgent, hey, what's in it for me? And so I think thinking through what that hook is can drive more engagement. That And then also what the actual value is at the end. So is it just like a thank you when you're just sending your email address or is there going to be some personalized routine or some assessment or some valuable thing that now that the brand knows more about you, they can serve you better. So I think those are two critical things that can be focused on to get more out of the quiz. And then of course, the kind of obvious requisite is traffic. So sites that don't necessarily have a lot of traffic might not see the gains, but that can definitely be improved with some focused paid ads campaigns. Yeah. I love the idea of using the quiz as 
the paid advertising play because you're kind of catching them earlier in the funnel. You're giving them a really great experience from the beginning. You're not necessarily asking them to buy anything right away, but you're getting your name and your brand in front of people. So it's a really nice, more valuable for them versus for you way. And you're really making it about your customer and not about you because your business is not about you. So I love that, especially if you are just getting started with ads and you're starting to dabble, that could be a really good way to approach it. And then you're getting all that data right from the jump, which is like perfect, right? It's like, it's so much easier to just get it from the beginning than it is to try and get them to tell you more later sometimes. So amazing. Thank you so much. So let's pretend that our audience has completely tuned us out this whole time and they're just coming back and listening to us right now. Like what is the one thing they need to take away from today's episode? I think it's getting the mindset of what the customers are looking for, wrapping your hands around that. And I think it's encapsulated in the customer experience gap. And I think the customer experience gap is like a huge opportunity. And it's basically that you, I, and consumers expect personalized experience, but on the flip side, the brands or the marketers are struggling to deliver on that. And therein lies the opportunity and the customer experience gap. Well, how can you address that? How can you meet the consumer needs? So you offer personalized experiences and how do you do that? You gather the data with which you can personalize around. And so it doesn't need to be complicated to start it. It can be as simple as what your habitual preferences are or what your goals are or your challenges. But just to get a little bit around that, you can do a small sample test and then you can test, all right, a campaign that is more focused and targeted based on some of these explicitly stated needs versus a more generic campaign. And that might just be one way to quantifiably gauge that personalization will deliver on its promise and have higher returns in terms of sales. But I think that's like one thing that I would love to have listeners take away is the opportunity of personalization is real and that it starts with the data that you're gathering and then how that works between your website, how you're gathering the data, and then how you're using it, your email service provider or your SMS platform. Yeah. And you know what? Those own channels and that zero party data is just going to become more and more important over the years as we move forward with privacy and all of that. Like those days of just having all of that data on your customer, like that heyday is gone. And so now we have to go back to being like real deal marketers where we're getting information. The good news is we have technology now to help us do that a little bit easier than we did back in the day. So tell us more about where we can find you, obviously. So the name of the app is Prehook. You can find it in the Shopify app store, but I know you guys help them get set up too, right? Can you talk to me a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Once you install it, you'll get an email from me that is automated but email me, reply to that again, G-E-N at prehook.com. And I would love to, you know, like walk through what the strategy is or what you're trying to accomplish, how that actually looks in terms of questions, how that plays out in terms of how you're building the conditional logic and the recommendation logic, how it integrates with Klaviyo and Attentive Omnisend. And then on that email side, I've been helping brands 
like get set up with the flows. So Jessica, before we were talking about the abandoned cart flow, one little twist on that, the abandoned quiz flow, basically just cloning an abandoned cart flow and just changing the trigger from abandoned cart to pre-hook product recommendation. So it's that simple. And then just adding in the dynamic personalization. But yeah, I'd love to help build quizzes or jump on a call, email, chat, whatever is easiest. But that is one way to get started. We have a 14-day free trial and cost. You can get up and running, give it a try. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. If you have a single SKU store, it's not for you, no problem. But yeah, I'd love to help just in whatever way possible. I appreciate that because it's to get into an app and you're like, cool, but I need a strategy and I don't really know what I'm doing, but there's no one there to help me do it. So oh, totally. <laughs> thank you for just doing that. That's amazing. And is already setting you apart. I'm sure in the Shopify app store as well. And then where else and how else can we connect with you? Plug the podcast. Cause I know you have some awesome guests like me on there. Uh- <laughs> yeah. So that podcast is called cart overflow. And it's every Wednesday for e-commerce marketers on the brand side, agency side, tech side, but really focused on kind of like people in the weeds sharing their expertise. That's been a ton of fun. The people that I've met and what I've learned from has been fantastic. So that's every Wednesday. And then our website is just prehook.com. And I have been trying to blog about this whole notion because things are moving so fast. So writing is one way I'm trying to capture it all in terms of the zero party data or the quiz strategy and kind of dabbling also in NFTs and web three stuff. But yeah, that's on prehook.com. And then I'm on Twitter, just Gen Furukawa on Twitter. Amazing. And I will have all those links in the show notes, guys. Definitely check it out. If you've even just a little bit been thinking about putting a quiz on your site, or even if you already have one. And honestly, if you don't love the tool, go check out prehook instead, because it's just an overall better experience. Thank you again for being here. I really appreciate you spending your time with us. And for our listeners, I know you could be anywhere on the internet right now. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. And I will see you on the flip side. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.